As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, friends. Here we are. It's SPC Pop. It's a very special look at... I'm not even going to tell you what's a special look at. Because first, I'm specially looking at my partner in combat crime, Remzo Martinez. That's right. I almost forget we're on video now. But we do do video if you are listening in podcast form. We do do. We do do. Uh, you can find us over on YouTube. But Remzo, how are you? I'm do doing quite well today. Mm-hmm. You know, a very lot good. of people have wondered what the face of this audible chocolate going through the microphone typically is. And usually it's a disappointment. But, you know, we got to do what you need to do to make the kids happy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then we're going we're gonna to take a poll who has the best background, uh, the be- best podcasting background. Currently, it's my wild background with all sorts of weird shit that could take you months to decipher versus Remzo's rather simple yet somewhat peaceful. What are those? What are, what are those things? I don't know. Let still. me guess. Things your I wife bought. Think, I think they're clouds. Or were they they're clouds? Is that what I had a really nice, what I would call like college dorm tapestry. And then I left for four days and these things appeared and (laughs) I don't know if they're calming, but we have an elevator right, right behind this wall. So when somebody's loading something and they're banging against the wall, these things tend to fly off and freak me the hell out. So Mm, yeah, well, we'll look out for that during the show. If it happens, happens, like, you know, it's a, it's a once in a week experience. So it, it may happen one day. Well, what we're going to dive into today, and before we dive into it, you could have been or might be now watching this live if you are a Second Print Comics patron. Now we're going to shoot some of these live links out to our patrons. So head on over to patreon.com slash secondprintpod. You also get early access to every episode. This is early access because you get to see it live if you're a patron. And of course, we have all sorts of bonus content coming in. We have A Case of the Runs, a show where I look at various runs from comic book writers such as Jeff Johns. I'm currently looking at his JSA run right now. Loved Um, that series. That is the series that got me to become a full DC convert. Yeah, and I didn't even really know about it, really. I mean, most of the Jeff Johns I had read as I've kind of, I kind of came, I kind of left my, left comics and went into my dry period, my dark period, pretty much as Jeff Johns was, was starting to rise up. So by the time he was a well known writer, I was kind of out of the game. But of course, when I got back in the game, um, some of the first stuff I read was, uh, his, his, uh, Green Lantern rebirth, his Flash rebirth, bringing back some of those classic characters, uh, that I knew and loved. And well, even though I, I would say neither of them were really my original character. But I, I was certainly aware of them and, and had read a lot of those earlier, like 80 stories back when I was a, a fan in my in the 90s. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the um, 
his approach to superheroes, I think, you know, say what you will about once he gets into film or once he gets on a set and th- weird things might happen there. But his approach to superheroes in comic book form is just always been stellar. And I, on a recent, I'll give you a preview of the kind of analysis, hard hitting analysis you get behind the paywall on a recent case of the runs where I was talking about his approach on JSA. I compared him to um, for our friends on the North South Wrestling Network. Uh, anybody that's a pro wrestling fan would understand this analogy. I compared him to Paul Hayes who used to run Extreme Championship Wrestling back in the 90s, a little-known promotion that ended up producing a lot of a lot of the great stars we know and love today. Uh, but Paul Heyman's real real kind of talent was no matter how kind of like obscure or how or how new to the roster a wrestler was, he always had them doing something. He had something unique about them. He had some storyline they were into. You could always look at a wrestler and say, oh, he's involved in this thing. Nobody was just forgotten, even if that thing was lame or stupid or whatever it may be. And similarly here in JSA, there are so many characters, especially as I get into like the third volume now. It's like every superhero that's not in the Justice League ends up in the JSA or JSA adjacent at some point. But no one feels like a throwaway. He's really, he's always able to give everybody something to do, something unique about them, something that makes you remember them or care about them. And it's it's just, a, it's it's been a really fun ride. So you can get my fuller breakdown of this again for as little as five bucks a month, patreon.com slash secondprintpod. Anyone else you want to pump up there before we dive into this thing? Nah, I think we've been sitting on this topic for, for a minute. Some of us longer, I think. So, so today we're going to look at, because we did go on our hiatus, for a few months and now we are back covering a mix of course last week we had reissued every other week we'll be doing one of those looking at an older comic book issue and then every other week we'll be right here at spc pop i think i have my timelines mixed up because we we record out of of order but whatever the point is we're here now and today we're going to be looking at a film that came out during the uh, the hiatus you could say now a little film known as wakanda forever now to actually get my wife to watch this with me, I, I kind of had to, to to fool her in a sense. I only referred to it as Black Panther 2 because she really liked Black Panther, the character, and thought he was pretty cool. I don't think she had. I'm oh, not even damn. sure. If she, I'm not even sure if she knew he had died in real life. Oh, let, I'm, I'm still not sure if she knows. She was like, what? He's just. So anyway, uh, that's that's where we're at. But anyway, but it did result in me watching this movie. Uh, this weekend finally after it'd been out i didn't see it in the theater it's, it's probably the first marvel movie i didn't see in the theater in i don't know i, I think i've seen all of them in the theater for since at least since like civil war you know what's strange i don't know many people who went to go see this in a the theater either a lot of folks are watching it on disney plus and they're watching it like within the past couple of weeks so i don't feel too off by going into uh you know spoiling it talking about it today but this was probably and it's so funny because it, it you know it, it busted box office records and made a ton of money and made Dwayne the Rock Johnson look like shit because it came out a week after Black Adam but you know overall like the enthusiasm for this film was really really died down and i have a feeling that when we look at a lot of Marvel films, and I've been saying this about the MCU for a long time, there are going to be films that age well, anything from Marvel phase one. And then there are going to be films that just kind of disappear and people kind of forget about. And you watch it like three, four years from now, and it's not going to carry a lot of that luster that it had. I think Wakanda forever, as I've had the benefit of hindsight, having seen it uh, last November, I don't see this being one of those films. It was maybe okay for a moment, 
but overall i don't i don't think uh i don't think people are gonna be feeling the same way like two viewings from now you mean it is going to it is losing luster or it is losing did luster. it ever have luster i guess that's question one so For, did, so your opinion has, has changed since you've seen it multiple times now across the actually i've only time. i've only seen it once i saw oh, you only it, saw it once okay. i saw it that's once surprising in, that's like once that's its own review right there i think we can end the show if Remzo, i have seen this is, again yeah. for for newer listeners i want to recap some things uh, that you need to know about remzo martinez this man voluntarily and purposefully watched wonder woman 1984 is it that's three times i'm right right three times twice in the theater Twice I'll never the forget theater. this. See, Twice in right. theater. Um, so that's where this this sick twisted man is. So if he only saw a movie once, yeah. So if he's if he's only seen a movie once, that's almost to me that's a low score. Just no matter what you say after this. I've seen Black Adam twice already. Wow. <laughs> That's saying a lot. I you know, like d- just to dip in, since I don't think either you or I talked about it, I did do a review on Patreon during the hiatus. Why don't we just dip away for 30 seconds and give a quick Black Adam overall thoughts? Black Adam was the most comic booky superhero film I think that has come out in at least four or five years. It was just dumb action. Um, I love the special effects in it. Dwayne the Rock Johnson's Black Adam was just like it, it was. It was just full of stupid fun. I did love the JSA. Um, I think his name is Aldo Hodge, who played Hawkman. I think it's the best cinematic Hawkman we've seen, comparing him to all the live action versions. Is this we've just seen. to prove you're not racist by saying you like the Black Hawkman? Go watch. Oh, Black Hawkman. <laughs> I, I liked him too. I do <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just remember I remember watching Hawkman in Smallville during the Justice Society episode and thinking this is going to be as good as it ever gets. So to go from the, I never go, watched Smallville. I've, I've said this many times. Oh I never God. knew there had even been an on-screen portrayal All of Hawkman. All you need to do. Anything. Oh, my gosh. They had a whole Justice Society story arc. How does that make sense with teenage John Kent? Because it. Time you have to you have to watch it, but um, to go from like the cheesy early two thousands Justice Society to seeing Doctor Fate, Hawkman, Cyclone, Adam Smasher on screen doing everything, even if the villain Sabak was stupid, I just loved watching it. I didn't have to think about it. It didn't have to tell me anything. I just got to see all some of my favorite characters slam down. It was good. I enjoyed it. I get why some people didn't like it, but you know what? It was good for me, and that's what matters. That is all that matters from, from the male perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I would to give my thirty second Black Adam review. Not great, but I I really liked it. You know, if that, if that makes sense. I'm not going to tell anyone Black Adam's an amazing movie. You have to watch it, but I enjoyed it. And I think what you touched on there, I enjoyed it as a JSA movie even more than as a Black Adam movie. Yeah. And I'm a Rock fan, generally speaking. My I thought maybe for for the role, The Rock was what he was supposed to be. But I think the problem with it to me is that The Rock's whole thing is actual is actual comedic timing and his whole character in black Adam, which does make sense for the black Adam character. It's more like a Dave Bautista thing where he, he doesn't know he's being funny. He's just a dry sense of humor. It's a dry sense of humor, which is really not the rocks forte. That's not, not really the type of humor he excels at. So I felt it was a weird match in terms of the humor aspect for it. Uh, I feel like it didn't play on the rocks humorous strength, even, even if the way that portrayal of the character made more sense for the movie itself. So that, that would be my only real criticism of it. And then did even, 
I think it was before. No, this is before we knew that that Kava wasn't coming back. But I pop, I knew it was happening. I, of course, I had spoiled Dude, it myself. The I theater lit up almost as loud as the battlefield scene in Avengers Endgame. I felt like I saw an old friend. That's how I, that's how I it felt. It was like people lost their shit. My wife was sitting next to me looking at me when we saw Black Adam in theaters. And she's like, everyone is freaking out what happened. I'm like, you don't understand. This almost didn't happen. And then two weeks later... James Gunn cocked blocked us like it was nothing. Nothing. Yeah, what a high and a low that was. And uh, yeah. I'd love to go on rants about this. Let's save it for the next time we're in the pop session because of the pop session. Is that what we're going to call it? I like that. Next time we're in the pop session um, because we're going to be looking at James Gunn's proposed uh, DCU entire plan. So we'll save those rants for then. But yes, uh, I did love seeing Henry Cavill and uh, I'm just going to rate this movie out of 10. I'm going to give it a 7.5 to me. That's like, it's like a Sunday read of movies. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to call it great, but I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah. 7.5. I, I give it the same. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Moving back to our main topic. Wakanda forever. Um, why don't you just give me your initial thoughts upon seeing it in the theater? And then I have, I have some topics just to go through. Not really detailed notes, but a few topics I'd like to touch on. I'll I'll keep I'll keep mine slim because I did I did like it when I saw it. But here's the thing. One this Is it movie, longer than Eternals, by the way? It's a it has about the same. I'm gonna look this time. up while you talk. Yeah. One, this movie shouldn't have existed. What should have? <laughs> well, it's longer than Eternals, by the way. Uh, Wakanda Forever is two hours forty one minutes, and um, Eternals is two hours thirty seven. I, I still like Wakanda Forever more than Eternals, so maybe that well, says I, something. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, with, one, I'm with you there. Yeah, one, this movie shouldn't have existed. What should have happened is they should have recasted the character of T'Challa and continued on. I'm totally with you. Um, yeah, get that I guy mean, from Tenet. He'd uh, be good. John David Washington would have been amazing. Right, would have been amazing. You see, he could seamlessly have slid into the role. We could all mourn Chadwick Boseman in real life. There was no reason to mourn him in a movie if it didn't make sense for the character. Yes, if there was some trajectory the character was on where it would have made sense to bring in the death now, okay. But it didn't. It really didn't. So that that bothered me from the get go as well. Yeah. So it, it, they should have just recast him. So right there, if that was what was stopping you from not going to see this movie, you're not going to get any justice with this. Secondly. Um, I thought Namor was probably the only cool thing in the movie, which is really sad because the bad guy should not be the best part of a superhero movie, especially when the superhero movie does not have the title character and the movie. Um, you know, I thought he was fine, but it's not enough to carry things. There are some nice performances throughout, um, but overall like it just it, it just feels like it's trying to piece itself together and you watch it and you're like you know i see the attempt that they're that they're going with ryan coogler I, I don't think anyone would have wanted to be in his position having to completely rewrite this after the death of chadwick boseman but the whole movie it, it's really linchpinned on namor and while you know i think namor is cool it wasn't enough uh that's namor to you namor sorry. that's el nino sin amor <laughs> um i gotta that, say as cheesy heart. as it is i didn't mind how they kind of 
finagled his name into being this sort of Mexican name. I, I think it, it I, think I didn't mind that part. I actually. like it better than Aquaman. Like, you know, yeah. I, I actually think that this, that they pulled off Namor better than, you know, how, how they would have done it if it, if we would have had like two competing Atlantises, because I think, I think Marvel studios learned from having two competing Quicksilvers in Avengers age of Ultron and X-Men days of future past. Don't do it. And it's Atlantis anyway. We just, we're yeah. just not going with that. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. And it is based on, actual like um actual mythology the the cool account or i don't know how to pronounce yeah. it but it's, it's real mythology anyway something kolokan um, yeah yeah so it does it does play on something real thing. what do you think of the what is this the, like this thing they always do is tolokan like yeah what is that a cobra it's, what it's is like that? it's like the well it's supposed to be like a shell i think or maybe it's like the power ranger see you don't thing. even know i don't even know because i didn't care enough <laughs> You're the uh, and, and, that, and that's the other thing like the film rides entirely by nostalgia and that is why I went to go see it. And Nostalgia that's for a character that had one other movie. He had I mean, he o- was in like four. I know, but he had one other movie. Like, let's not, and maybe twenty but total minutes of other screen time. But, but that one Black Panther film is better than a majority of the MCU films. Did that it make come our top ten? After I think it was just. I think I think outside. I think in mine it did. Maybe yours did. I mean, I have it. I have it in the higher in the top third of movies, yeah. probably. So. Um, you know, it, it rides on nostalgia, and I think films that run entirely by nostalgia, um, you know, they, there's just something about them where it's like you pity them more than you like them sincerely, and that's the thing about the movie. The movie, each time it tries to just focus on the immediate story, it gets pulled back in things, and I think that's what really carry carries it down. So, you know, obviously, Mark, there's the one thing that you probably thought I would say, which was this movie sucked because it had Riri Williams in it. But I, as I as I said in the second for comics fan zone where our patrons uh, get to hang out on Facebook, it's a private group there. This Riri Williams did not bother me. Don't tell me you're going to defend Riri. I'm not going to defend Riri because this it didn't sounds feel an like awful Riri. lot like you're defending Riri. Well, here's the thing. It, the Riri Williams it is Riri. comics. It is, Riri. is it though? Well, they actually gave her. They did the one thing they never did in the comics, which is they gave her, even if it was light. One, I thought she was going to be the headliner. I actually thought she was going to be like the one to carry the movie. So I'm I glad can't they believe put, this is happening. Right now. I, I'm Look, glad they put her on. in sidekick mode, if anything else. But they tried to actually give her an arc from unsuspecting college kid to now actually starting to understand that actions have consequences. Okay, maybe you need to break this arc down for me because to me, it, it seemed like she had no arc at all because she was just introduced as already so much smarter than Tony Stark that of course she has a spare Iron Man suit to just she just built in her spare time. It's not even her thing. It's not even her thing she was doing. She's just like, oh yeah, of course I built one of these two. My main thing was I built this whole vibranium detector or what have you. We know nothing about her. We just know she's born as this smart kid and goes to MIT and builds machines that the CIA and the government want to take from her and now builds an Iron Man because any teenager can build an Iron Man. I don't know anything you're, about you're her not, struggle. Yeah, what, you're what, not what, incorrect. So you're not incorrect. The <laughs> thing not, is, though, another way to say that is you're right. But you know, well, or, well, here, here's <laughs> where I, here's where I think you'll agree with me. She starts off as a coward. Try me. Um, I don't even really remember the introduction to her. What, what, they they the, came the, big, the, the introduction is the. I don't think she started off as a coward. She was fighting. She was fighting back uh, against she, uh, Koye like right was, away. She threw that like th- she threw that. Now I remember when they came were the first time. They yeah, came but that's house. like a freak out type of thing. She starts out as a coward. You see this when uh, Namor goes ahead and kidnaps her and Shuri. She's cowardly. She's scared. 
And it's not until the death of the queen mother where then suddenly she's like, you know, now I actually have to be out in the field. Now I actually have to fight for something because this person sacrificed themselves for sacrificed themselves. For but me. she was already being mini Iron Man. She was already out there fighting. She wasn't doing so- much. She wasn't doing much. I, I'm not saying, am I saying it's the best arc ever? No, but going from nothing to we have to show some development. It wasn't that. It All right. So, like, so answer me this. Are you, are you now going to lift your previously announced boycott on the Riri? I'm just going to call it the Riri series. The, no. the Ironheart series. I'm You're not lifting not, the I'm boycott. I'm still not going to watch it. <laughs> Even after this, this defense of, of her arc in this film not being terrible and being good are two different things she wasn't terrible but i wouldn't say she was good either it was I just, just didn't need her there to me the only yeah. point there was no point of her in the whole story as far as i was concerned the story was shuri and everything going on with the black panther mantle i see i saw no reason for her to be involved in any of that stuff except to introduce this other character that they want to introduce but to me the only other reason she was in the story was to turn the fucking Wakan half the Wakandans into into Iron Man's. You know, everyone's Iron Man now is what I said when we're watching this movie. And that and to me that was the and now it's like so why is Ironheart even special if everyone's Iron Man now? Like she, like now they have Iron Man suits for the Wakandans. Uh, and then of course I'm sure this is all going to tie into like armor wars and maybe the fact that everyone has Iron Man stuff at this point and maybe that's the problem they're going to deal with in that in that series or now I think that's now a movie. Uh, but to me this it seems so rammed in there and so unnecessary to give us more Iron Man juniors, which was the big criticism of, of how Peter Parker was. He's Iron Man junior. And yeah. now it's just like, now the Condens are, are all an army of Iron Man juniors. And then we also have Ironheart and we also have whoever else can, it's it just, to me, it's just making the whole, it's just watering down everything about Iron Man, Tony Stark, uh, the armor, how special he was, how special it is. Um, it just seems like now it's like attack of the Iron Man clones. Yeah. I I mean it's just one of those things where it's I'm I'm only looking at as as I only had Riri because that's what was in the movie. I can tell you who I'd rather have replaced her with. I would have rather replaced her with more Okoye. I think the biggest mistake in the Black Panther mantle was at least for the MCU, it should have gone to Okoye. I don't believe it should have gone to Shuri. I mean, if it's um, if it's gonna be a woman, if we're gonna MCU this thing, which yeah. I'll I'll accept if you give me a good story, I, I totally agree. I mean, her her personality, her arc, uh, who she is, her character is so much more fitted for that warrior mantle. Not that Shuri can't hold her own, and if they wedge that into the story and suddenly make her an amazing fighter who could take out Namor, but it just it doesn't make that's and, not and who her whole, character was. Yeah. Before. And their whole thing was, well, it was from the source material, and it's like Marvel. When have you really cared about the source material? Like, yeah, na- now like we if care now about you source pull material. that, it's like if the, if you were going strictly based off progression in the MCU, Okoye made more sense. But secondly, I'd say I'd rather have them brought in Bucky Barnes. Because I thought that he had more of a connection to Wakanda. What if they made Bucky made Barnes the? Sense. If they made the White Wolf the Black Panther, I would have loved this movie because it would have been so fucking funny, <laughs> and it would have made everyone so angry. Every it would have pushed every button possible, and I would have been also. The, you work the transhuman thing in there because he's got a robot arm. I mean, there, this is this is. I think you could have had. I think you could have had the Black Panther Okoye and the White Wolf. And it ends when uh, when when uh, what's her name comes to steal the arm for Rocket to tie it all. Yeah, the uh, Nebula session. does yeah. that. Yeah, I think you could have had Black Panther and the White Wolf. I think Okoye and Winter Soldier make it a, like a pure like revenge flick. Yeah, I'm down. And have and them maybe fucking kill him, Namor. <laughs> and how, what did you feel? All right, let's go back to um, just how you thought the kind of the how the movie started off cold uh, or hot, depending on how you look at it, with just introducing that 
he's dying. Black Panther's dying. Um, I did like that they tied it into the burning of the, the heart-shaped herb, so that's why mm. they couldn't save him. Because that made that, sense. That, that, that yeah. did make sense. Um, and, uh, you know, Shuri trying to recreate it, and she just couldn't do it. Um, but they never even said, I guess it's I guess it's implied that he had cancer, just like the real-life Chadwick Boson, because they even say at the end uh, that Nakia says, like, he didn't even tell anybody, you know, he he didn't want people to know or feel pity for him. At the same time, I don't know. You're the Black Panther, like, but he died just, twice already. He died. He died once in the first Black Panther film. Then he died for five years uh, between Infinity War and Endgame, which they 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 talk about that period. So it's like I think for him to die again, it was. I, I teared up at the beginning. I because cried, be, I because cried it's because it's touching yeah. on a real life character, a yeah, real life like, person. Yeah, like I, it, it was, it was a little bit of a tearjerker. I think their biggest thing was just rip the bandaid off. Mm-hmm. There's no questioning. There's no hesitation. Don't beat around the bush. Don't try and milk it more than what you're probably going to. I think, um, I think just how they did the beginning, the opening, was the best they could have done. I was kind of wondering if they would do anything like trying to because they never even said he had cancer or what disease he had. But I, w- I was kind of wondering if they would tie it into like the blip, like maybe like the effects of getting blipped and blipped out might have had genetic mutations. And maybe for some people, that's going to give them cancer. Maybe for other people, it's going to give them powers, which could like an inhuman into, like, type thing. Yeah. Inhuman or, or mutant type stuff, because they, they have been kind of teasing at least the, the mutant thing uh, with Miss Marvel and all that. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I. I liked how they handled the death if I accept that they had to handle the death. You know, if I accept that they were handed this decree from Marvel that they have to do it this way, I think this is about the best they could do do that aspect of it. Um, yeah. I don't think we – even though I'm complaining about it a little bit, I don't think I necessarily need to say he died of X disease or whatever. It's just It just seems a little weird the superhero could just die of cancer. But maybe that's, maybe that's kind of the point too. It was, it was just too weird because we've never done this before. It's like um, – you know, we, we've done enough recastings in the MCU. Yeah, I think that just comes down to the fundamental thing. As it's mo- as a movie, it's adequate for MCU standards. For MCU standards, it's adequate. But the issue is, is that, you know, there there's so much lost potential that that is what I think really downgrades it. Because it didn't have to be this. This is the polar opposite of what it could have been, which is a T'Challa story. I mean, we've 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 replaced so many other actors in here. What you're basically saying, and and I I take this maybe a bit into a cynical space, is not that you're mourning Chadwick Boseman. It's just that you you saw a man die, and you saw an opportunity just filled in with women. And you jumped on it. And if anyone questions that, you're anti-woman. And my thing is like, no, I'm not anti-woman. I just said I think the best I mean, person- you're arguing for another woman. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that- I'm um, arguing for a white male. Come after me. I'm arguing <laughs> for the white wolf to be the new Black Panther. That's what I want to see. I, I think, I mean, I, I think if they had done it that way, I, at least it would have made more sense than this. But ultimately- the issue and they try and cover themselves at the bottom. So let's just go ahead and jump all the way to the end of the movie. Why when not? we finally realize that, um, you know, he had a son, by the way, there's going to be spoilers in this. As I, I say, 25 minutes uh, in, in case you didn't figure that out, everybody spoiler, black Panther's dead. So we find out that Nakia has a son Toussaint, whose Wakanda name is T'Challa and, and the it's I- Bucky Barnes son. And they call him the oh, white, the white Panther, the white cub. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so basically what, what Ryan Coogler and what Kevin Feige said. He had some fucking day. attitude, by the way. He was a little fucking like, what, what did he say? Like they said his name, was, his name was Toussaint. And she's like, oh, Toussaint, that's a nice name. He's like, yeah, bitch, that's not my real name. I'm the fucking, t- I'm, my, my name is King T'Challa and I'm the next Black Panther, bitch. Like he's like, watch out. I'm coming for that thing. For for them to basically say that we're going to wait for this child to grow <laughs> up and then basically replace T'Challa by Dude, they're totally going to age that. this kid up. I don't know how they're going to like send him to the quantum verse or whatever, or something like that. They're going to this is going to be the new Black I, Panther. And I have Tigers. a really I have a really fucked up theory. Let's hear it. I think that all this shit that they've established with Shuri and the Wakandans and everything, I think they're going to trash this. I think they're going to go ahead and they're going to bring us Ta-Nehisi Coates intergalactic Wakandan Empire story. What is that? It's a story where basically you're dealing with a time displaced. Why was that uh, allowed to happen? It, it was it was basically their attempt of creating like an old man Logan, but for T'Challa, the Black Panther. And it was cool for like two issues. But then Ta-Nehisi Coates went ahead and threw in his usual shit. And it just completely fucked up the whole series so badly that Marvel could not make money from a Black Panther comic the year Black Panther came out. And his other series, Black Panther and the Crew, was so bad. It was a limited series. <laughs> they gave Ta-Nehisi Coates two Black Panther books. It was so bad. They canceled the limited series halfway through. But who did he threaten to call racist to get that job? I don't know, but there's this there's this myth that Tanahisi Coates is a good writer. Wrong. He's a plagiarist. He's an adequate writer. He's a subpar comic. I wish he would writer. plagiarize some some John Byrne or something. You know, anything. Anything. Um uh, you know, I, I think what they're doing is they're heading in the direction of a somewhat Black Panther reboot type of story where they can kind of have this whole, you know, other thing going on. That is divorced from a lot of the other stories, but at the same time, it allows you to kind of have like a soft reboot with Black Panther. Intergalactic Wakanda Empire is not a reboot, but it kind of is in terms of Black Panther. Intergalactic Wakanda Empire. Empire. Yeah, like it's just like the the idea of it sounded cool, and I was like, I will buy it for a couple of issues. But after that, I was like, done. Then they stopped doing it. Then they came back and they said, well, we're going to continue this as a limited series. It's like, no, you didn't. You just already had the scripts, and you don't have any other Black Panther work coming out. You need to make some money off of Black Panther. So, I mean, it's just I think what they're going to do, especially since Ta-Nehisi Coates seems to be on the outs of DC Studios uh, with James Gunn, I think um, – I think somehow Kevin Feige and the woke uh, mob at Disney are going to be like, here, Tanahisi, come here. And they're going to have him create the wokest, most bullshit Black Panther movie ever. And I think, um, you know, I think that would be horrendous because it's it's not that, you know, they would say, oh, you don't want a black person writing Black Panther. It's like, what the hell? Like, I loved Ryan Coogler's first Black Panther film. I think Ryan Coogler is a great director. Is Ryan Coogler I think black? He's great, I don't even know. He's, he's black. I don't of know. Course, yeah, he's black. You know why I don't know? Because I don't give you a don't fuck. Care. It's yeah. just a name, and I don't care if he yeah, is or they're, not. They're going to try I, and I, do I that, ask. but it's like, no, we already had a good Black Panther film. Then we didn't, and now you're giving us this. You're going to try and pull the race card on it, but the truth is, 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You fucked up the first time. You should have recast them before um, the sequel uh, ended up being the way it was. And now you're going to bring in somebody super woke to go ahead and do a soft reboot of the character once they go ahead and return it to being a T'Challa. And they're going to go ahead and say, well, if you don't like this, you know, you're all these things. And it's just like, we've seen this before so many times. This is so predictable. This is trash behavior. If you don't like our transgender T'Challa from space who might be Mexican, then you are racist. You are racist. So I, I just think that what this has done, while the, I get the sentiment, I get the why, it didn't need to happen, and it's only going to create bad repercussions across the MCU. All right. Well, fair enough. So what's your, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Is that, that's, that's your, is that your final thoughts of the post credit scene? Yeah. Then that, yeah, that, yeah, I just don't see the point in setting up a new Black Panther with like a five-year-old kid. I just don't, I don't, I don't see what the point of that, unless they have a, a near a way they're going to somehow work this kid in soon or age him up somehow, which we already just did an age up, you know, of, of Cassie Lang by doing the blip. So I don't know what they're doing there. Um, into the movie itself, though. Let, let's try to dig into some of this stuff. And, um, we'll probably both agree, like in terms of performances, I don't know the actress's name that plays Sherry. Do you? You're the one. Lashida Wright. Lashida Wright. Or Leticia Wright. Um, and then what about, okay, let's, let's quiz you here. Who plays Namor? Namor. Uh, I don't know. I almost knew that name. It's something de la something. No, it's not. Okay, whatever. So, um, what do you think of Letitia Wright's performance? I've always liked her. Tina Huerta is is Namor. Yeah, I, I think, um, I think she was good. I, I actually think she delivered a better performance than I thought she was going to give. She was always just so snarky and so, you know, kid-like and everything is kind of like a sidekick character. I didn't know if she could actually bring a dramatic performance, but she did. Um, it was, you know, I think the fight scene between her and uh, Namor, um, that was to a degree pretty believable in terms of could Shuri do this and is Shuri willing to die to take down Namor or to save him but but risk, you know, losing her own life to secure a future for Wakanda. I, I actually think that this is this if there's one performance that really took me by surprise, it was hers. I was really happy to see that she actually took it took it well. Um, you know, did did good with the best she was given and you know she has range. That's what I can say about her that I can't say about a lot of other actresses in the MCU. Letitia Wright has range. Yeah, because I mean we forget we Really, she's only really been prominently in one other movie, the Black Panther movie, and she was kind of a side character in that, a a side character that people liked and got a good reception, but a side character nonetheless. Uh, So I I think she did a a worthy enough job uh, being put into sort of a a lead role here. And um, yeah, I like that even though 
for all intents and purposes, it was a sure thing, uh, a sure thing, you should, you should say, ah. that she was going to become the Black Panther by the end of this. I think we all pretty much knew that's where this was going to lead. Um, they did a good enough job of making it seem unsure in the context of the story in terms of she didn't want the role. Uh, it's not something she ever wanted to do. Um, it's, it's something she reluctantly took on, really, to save her people, which is, you know, that should be the reason. She you know? waits a good <laughs> amount of time for it, too. There's a really significant time lapse between the beginning of the film and when she eventually becomes a Black Panther. So like with that, it's like I can understand the reluctant hero. I can get that. What did you think of the way they did it where they had her recreating the finally figure out how to recreate the herb and take it herself? And then when she goes to the ancestral plane, it is not Chadwick Boseman, which I knew this was going to happen to. Of course, I spoiled the whole movie for myself. But uh, were you partially before you knew that it was going to play out this way? Were you expecting them to do some Luke Skywalker shit with Chad, only with a dead guy with, Chad, with Chadwick Boseman and put him in this movie in some small way? Or did you kind of? I was. A little I, bit I thought worried. they would. And I, I'm, I'm I was kind of glad they, they didn't pull that shit. That would be really distasteful. Um, I, I think now I knew that Killmonger was going to be featured in a degree, but I actually thought they were going to try and like you know do a memory hole thing where it's like, forget all the evil he did. And they were going to try and paint him as like some type of like, you know, redeemed born again hero type of thing. He's a young, he's a mentor to a young black Panther. That's how he was built by Kevin Feige and Brian Coogler. And I was like, are they going to try and like whitewash Killmonger? No, Killmonger's still a piece of shit. Killmonger represents the worst of humanity. He represents the most evil, uh, greedy type of person. And he's exactly who Shuri needed to see in order to complete her arc. How they did it was very well done. I, yeah, was, and, I was actually impressed with how they did it because I thought they were going to go the other way, but how they ended up doing it um, was good for the story and good for the character. Yeah, this is one aspect of the movie I did really like. I did really like um, when she went to the ancestral plane that it was um, a Killmonger that she found there. And she's like, why are you here? And he's like, you chose me, man. Like, I don't know. You know, like, it's like you choose who comes to you in the ancestral plane in some sense, I suppose, because uh, there are a myriad of ancestors. Killmonger, to- I choose you. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, because like, what would what would Black Panther tell her other than the fact that they would have had to do some CGI Ooh, shit to the get right thing, sure. Right. It would be the same thing we've already always heard. And With then, great power comes great responsibility. Yes. And, and uh, you know, like, I think Shuri did have a pretty good arc here, you know, where she kind of just ends up rejecting him at first, but then, like, kind of does take on the Killmonger attitude of, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go get mine. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go do what needs to be done. Like, forget it. And she takes that attitude all the way into her battle with Namor uh, to the point that you, I mean, she gets to the point where she's basically decided to kill him. They have this plan of how to kill him to get him away from the water. And I do like, too, like, even though I kind of joked about how it seems silly that she could take out this guy who's been this warrior for thousands and thousands of years, when you add in the black, the the heart-shaped the Black Panther armor, the, and then using her smarts and her brain to come up with this plan to dehydrate him when they figure out that the water is like the source of his power, and then use this sort of blast to put the final final kind of touches on it. Um, I thought it actually did work out and make sense, and and right down to the last moment, I mean, she was could have delivered the final blow to Namor, and that was the side of Killmonger in her. But then it's like it's like she became she integrated the shadow. I, I suppose you, you could say, you know, she she brought in the darkness of Killmonger, but ultimately it was the same sort of uh, ethical um, ethical approach that her father, not her father, her brother would have had uh, that that she did. Her end father up taking. would have killed him. <laughs> her, yeah, you could argue her father might have just killed him too. Yeah, I mean, she she maybe it's just she's ascending in some other ways here, and uh, and kind of that maybe that's what shows her as being 
the true leader. Because, But also, if you think about it, too, more than just sparing his life because he did concede to her. It's not like he said, you know, fuck you. Like, he conceded and was like, yeah, you got me. All right, let's let's settle this thing. You could you could spare my life and we can settle this. Um, but, you know, if, if she could think about it, if she killed Namor, just in the in terms of what we learned about uh, about his people, like if, he, if she killed Namor there, now they're definitely at war. Now all of all of what's the city called? I can't remember. It's cool. Khan or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Teokan, whatever it may be. Um, yeah. Now there's definite war and we're flooding Wakanda again. And it's just going to be death and misery for for both of them. So both of their decisions, his decision to concede and her decision to spare him is what, at least for now, we've been teased with with some other shenanigans down the road, but uh, at least for now, saved the, most of their people. So they both kind of, and at the end of the day, did the, the right thing, even though he got to take out Angela Bassett first. And um, what is her what is her name? Queen, Queen, Queen Mother. Yeah. But what is her name? Queen Nairobi or something? I, I always mess up all these characters' names. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I did enjoy that that aspect. That's probably my favorite part of the movie is Shuri's arc, um, her run through sort of Killmonger and that whole that whole thing with Namor. That which I guess my problem with the movie isn't so much that I hated what was inside it so much. It just felt like there was way too much of it, and it could have been a, a two hour movie that just focused on the Namor um, and, and Shuri's arc and that. And you could you don't, don't need you don't, don't need you don't need Riri at all in this thing. Take all of Riri out. There's no reason for that. Take Iron Man Wakanda version out. All of that shit. Take it out. I like everything with Nakia, Okoye. That stuff's fine. There's a lot of shit in here, though, and there's no reason this movie should be longer than fucking Eternals. Nothing should be longer than Eternals. It was the most eternal movie. It was eternal. And now you just did something longer. It was just too long. And by the end of it, I was just bored. And I knew how it was going to end. So I just I just wanted it to end, you know? Whereas if they took me to this stuff sooner, um, I think it would have it would have played out better. To me, there was just too much fluff around what inside of there was a decent arc with, with Jury and Namor and all that jazz. Phase three, I mean, if you were going to close off phase three, I'm sorry, phase four. Oh, yeah, this with, is the um, end of phase three, isn't it? Or right, phase four. End of phase four, yeah. Right. Like, if you're going to close really off. didn't really feel like a capper to me. No, it didn't. And, and that's the thing. Like, usually you're left with excitement and other stuff, but like, this didn't really do it for me. I mean, I the think, end of phase one was Avengers one, right? Yes. I was like, and then so then the teaser was Thanos at the end of that. So yeah. Phase one ends with, oh my God, look what they're going to, look where they're going to go with all this. Here's like, oh, maybe we get a new T'Challa in 20 years. Like yeah. that's that's the teaser we got. Um, it was just you know, it, I think the whole theme of Phase Four is like mourning, grief. It, like it's the yes. sad phase. It's the right. emo phase. But um, shouldn't it know. be the happy phase? I know it's like it's because of the blip and everything, but it's like, hey, think- well, you all came back, everybody. Like they should be celebrating. Everyone's no, back. No, I think <laughs> I think you can. I think I think the idea of what it was because you even see this to a large degree in Doctor Strange. Because Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness is really dealing with a lot of this too. You see, it especially in uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So, like, I'm, my my thing is like, it's not that I had a problem with the ideas. I just think that the story execution, how they tried to do everything, was just really poor. I also think that the and I'll you know this will be my hot take from this whole experience. I think the Disney Plus experiment failed. I'm oh, it's, actually it's failing in every in every yeah, it's, it's failed in respect in every they're hemorrhaging way. money. Dude, yeah. the price of Disney Plus when it first came out was four ninety nine. Now if you do it ad free without the bundle or, or whatever, it's like I think it's eleven ninety nine. Yeah. And their numbers have been plummeting. Yeah, I mean the the show quality. Well, there have been moments where like, and it know, doesn't make money. They've admitted that they do not make money yeah. on Disney Plus. I I wish they would just go back to movies at this point. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean. For the most part, other than Loki, which again could have just been a movie, um, other than Loki, 
nothing felt necessary in in terms of the series in phase two i liked wandavision because of the, some quirky aspects of it that i really enjoyed i'm very biased on wandavision because i i knew and loved all the sitcoms that they perfectly parodied in so mm-hmm. many ways so i'm that's like 80 percent of my my love for that show but i i do recognize its faults and it's not really that necessary. And you could have told Scarlet Witch's uh, grief story within the, within the confines of Dr. Trains and the multiverse. I Madness. felt like, I felt like everything and Wakanda forever included felt like just a very expensive TV show. Yeah. Well, wasn't there, there originally supposed to also be, I think they canceled this. There was supposed to be like a Wakanda TV uh, show. That's no, like, they're going to do, they're gonna do something. They're going to do something with, um, with Adora Milaje in phase five. That's still happening. That could be interesting, but probably not. I mean, I, of all the Wakanda characters, if I had to just watch one, it would be a cool was the coolest. Yeah, yeah for sure. Easy. Um, all right, moving on to Tina Huerta. What did you think of his portrayal of Namor or Namor, as we probably know him, but we're calling him Namor now? Um, what did you think of just the, the, the MCU Namor? There was absolutely no way you could have pulled Namor from the comics and put him here. Not just in the MCU. But they but pulled out the winged feet. But they pulled out the wings feet. They pulled out everything, even even at the, in the final fight scene where he's like Imperious Rex. I was like, oh, he said it. But Is that his catchphrase? That's his catchphrase. Somehow I've missed that over the, over the years. Imperious Rex. He I haven't read enough in more to know he had a catchphrase. Go read some Invaders. Go read some Pretty invaders. much all my I read a little. Didn't you put us on an invaders once? I don't know. I read some early invaders. Uh, not that long uh, we, ago, we will. We will read some invader stuff. Um, he my, and, he what, what I'm going to have us read then. I'm going to find a good Namor seduces Sue Storm story because those are my favorites. Anything is better than the Namor issues we looked at from like World War II when he was just like war propaganda. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was war propaganda. But like, uh, you know, I, I think I think he's cooler than Aquaman. Visually, story wise, I think Namor is the coolest thing about Wakanda forever, which is weird to say. But uh, I think performance wise, uh, Tena Cuerta was was good i think story wise they pulled him off i am i i am down with all of this i'm i'm good with it yeah me too i i think he's the probably the best thing to come out of this movie it's certainly he's the best villain of phase four i'll say that do you think he's a pure villain i mean what what do you what do you think his his stance is like when we see him next time because towards the end he's um, he's completely machiavellian all all these people who are like oh you know he's you know, he's like an anti-hero. He has some qualities. Even Ryan Coogler was like, no, he is the clear and present villain in this movie. Make no qualms about it. Like, Namor doesn't do anything out of sincerity. He is pure Machiavellian. He is he is evil. And I don't want him to change that way in the films. It's like, you know, I think, I think while you can give him some moments of heroism, I don't think that this version of Namor... It, uh, has any heroic virtue about him. I think he is just flat out evil. Do you think when we see him again, which I assume we will, I hope we see him seducing Sue, whatever MCU version of Sue Storm comes out, but do you think we will see him in a, as a clearly a villain then, or do you think it'll maybe be shades of gray and eventually turn out to be more villainous? It, it matters on who, who they pair the, the pair it with, because I don't think he'll come out as the primary antagonist again. I think if he comes out against Dr. Doom, I see him being a pure villain. If uh, if you have like something broader, if you have like, you know, a secret war type story or even if you even if let's say because, you know, there, there was a part in Heroes Reborn in the 90s where the Fantastic Four, the Avengers and Namor had to team up to fight Galactus. 
I think if you have like an earth ending scenario, he, he would be on the side of the good guys. But I think as long as he's fighting purely for his own, uh, you know, geopolitical uh, civilization, like survival situation type of thing, I think he's going to always be evil. Yeah, and it, it's pretty much implied. He's when- like Muammar Gaddafi, man. Like, listen, we could get rid of him, but like, it's oh, it's not going to end well. <laughs> Rape him anally in the street. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I mean, like he. I am not calling for foreign intervention <laughs> into Lacan. Okay, <laughs> we came, we saw, etc. Um, so yeah, and he he kind of says to name Marita, or were they calling her Namora in this? I think they're calling her Namora in yeah. this instead of name Marita, which is is less cheesy sounding, I suppose. Um, I but he basically says she's like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you? We got to go destroy them." He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, chill, chill, chill." I conceded to make them sort of get complacent because when this shit goes down with the surface world, they're going to have to be on our side because now they, now they're against. So he, he kind of explains that he didn't do this. Like you said, for any, any sort of reason, even not even to save his people. Like he kind of implied that's why he was going to do that. That's why he conceded so that the sure he would call off the, the fight and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, or not even to save himself. It was purely a tactical reason with future considerations in mind. So. Which makes you wonder, could could he have gotten up and killed her? Like, how much of this was, was uh, you know, how much was he, I, I was think he really he, taken I, out? I think part of that was a catch, because when he is fried by the Wakandan jet engine, like, he is fucked. He looks pretty fucked, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty fucked. So I think he's trying to conceal it to a degree, but he's like, you know, even in Lost, there are opportunities. Maybe to name Namora, he's trying to portray it like, yeah, it's all part of the plan. But in reality, yes, it's part of the plan, but he also was fucked. So I, th- I think while physically he's a formidable villain, the thing about Namor in the comics, and I think a lot of this is shown in Namor in this film, Namor is incredibly smart. Namor is a strategist. He's been around forever. He knows the keys to survival. So I, I think um, I would love to see him either team up with or fight against Dr. Doom. I would love to see that. Uh, I think he's I think he's perfectly set up to be included in whatever Fantastic Four stuff they do. I, I think um, if I want to see anything out of this movie, it's I want to see what comes next with Namor. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Definitely what what I'm thinking about coming out of this Uh it's not Shuri as Black Panther. It's not where am I going to see her again? It's not a Koye. It might be the White Wolf if he if ever can can take. It's the certainly not Ironheart. It's certainly not Ironheart. Yes, uh, it's it's entirely Namor. And, and where we see him next is most interesting to me. Um, yeah. I, I hope it's not just like a Black Panther three. I think it's going to be in something something totally different. It might just not be until you know Avengers or Secret Wars or you know whatever comes back. But uh, definitely going to be seeing him again. And I, he's got to make they got to mix him into the Fantastic Four. It's just it's the natural place for him. Um, what did you think? Well, I, I think we can't do a proper discussion about this without giving credit where credit is due. I don't know if she was actually nominated for anything or not, but Angela Bassett's performance, I know everyone's saying it, she, but she uh, really she, she really is fantastic. Academy, she got an Academy Award. She I won think. it? I think so. That's how little I follow this stuff. Well, anyway, she deserves to win it, so congratulations. If I mean, anyone she- in the MCU is going to get nominated and win something, I'm glad that it was her. Yeah. I mean, was it was it, you know, it's it's a fine acting performance and I can't really argue with it, um even though it to me uh, You know, worse films have gotten it. They've just intentionally excluded superhero movies for so long. So if anyone is going to break that glass ceiling for comic book movies, I'm glad it was Angela Bassett. My problem with this, and my problem with this movie is not that she her performance wasn't great and that her death, spoiler alert, wasn't effective in the movie. It all was. 
but it, it felt like this movie was just trying to make me sad constantly, which which is okay for movies to do because they should take you on an emotional journey. But for three fucking hours, I need to be more than sad. And there just wasn't enough to counterbalance it to me. Not that I'm asking for a Thor love and th- thunder. Every other line is a, is a slapstick oh joke. Oh, my God. Going from that to this is nice. Maybe that's part of it, too, because this is like these are two extremes like. I didn't hate Love and Thunder, but I did hate it too. It's it, it, to me, it has crossed the line. Love between, and Thunder insulted me. <laughs> it's it's too slapsticky, and maybe to that same extreme, this movie was too morose. It's like my God, can it's it was there was hardly a moment of levity in the whole fucking movie. So to me, it's just maybe maybe Riri was like their attempt at like a teenager eleven. I didn't I saw nothing entertaining really about her. There were like a few kind of one liner moments in there. Sure, he had some one liners, but nothing. Nothing laugh out loud. And I think when a movie is this morose, you got to make me laugh out loud a couple times along the way. Um, Thor had the opposite problem where it made me laugh out loud a couple times and it made me groan a thousand times. <laughs> so say what you will. We, there's got to be balance to be found somewhere. Uh, and phase four seems to be the seems to be um, a number of extremes. Whereas you, you always used to be able to expect what you're going to get from Marvel films. Like maybe they'd be a little better than that baseline, a little bit worse, but you always expected a sort of a certain degree of quality and direction. And now I feel like it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. We it, might get Eternals. We might get Shang-Chi, which is a movie that I, I really like that movie. I've seen it like three times now. So I can say it's, it's an enjoyable, it's just as a standalone film. I find it enjoyable. So I, I will, and, and, and no way home. I think are two of the, the, really the two gems to me uh, of phase four um but then the rest of it's just all over the place um you really don't i mean you got a, an eternals on one end uh i think black widow is one of those movies that we liked it when it came out because it had been so long but like multiverse of madness is clearly in the middle but in like the higher end yeah it's the most controversial movie it's, it's in terms of like online critics like it's like you either, either like it or you either it. you either like it because of sam raimi or you hate it because it had too many female characters i like it because of sam raimi and won't really defend the stuff that it's criticized for i just kind of let it go to the yeah side. it's not I'd worth defending yeah exactly so anyway uh what else anything I you, uh, coming I, out of I this movie should, you want to hit touch yeah, on? I, I, I guess we should just rate it Let's just rate it. All right. Oh, yeah. One thing. There's one more thing I want to touch on. Not a major part of the movie, but sort of in the background. We saw that um, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine is not just a background character anymore, secretly assembling some Thunderbolts crew. She is actually the head of the CIA now in the MCU. And I, I believe... I think we're supposed to be pretty caught up to present now in the MCU. If not all the way, we're pretty much there. So I guess all the stuff we saw with Val was sort of prior to this. And now it does appear she is the head of the CIA. Uh, Soon to be, I believe, working underneath the tutelage of, which I think we'll see in Captain America New World Order, President Thunderbolt Harrison Ford Ross. (laughs) So that that should be an interesting dynamic either way. I completely forgot she was in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was in it enough to be like, oh, she's in this. But then you kind of she's not really integral to the pot. There's kind of this yeah. whole side plot with her and, and Everett Ross. And he's kind of secretly helping. The That's all I know. Oh, by the way, Everett Ross is now a Wakandan, apparently, because he was like arrested for treason for talking to them. And then yeah, he's, like the Ed- post- he's like the Edward Snowden of, of Wakanda now. now, <laughs> yeah, he's so now they there. just take him to Wakanda. He's like, what the fuck am I going to He's going to have a mean Twitter account. What is Everett Ross going to do in Wakanda? Not bang Val. Have multiple sure. wives, do whatever. I don't know. He could be the new white wolf ever could was. Be. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's the last thing to touch on. I am I am I, I do like her casting in the role overall, and I, I am looking forward to when she has a more prominent role in uh what I presume we'll see in Captain America New World Order and in Thunderbolts. So Yeah. Uh, all right, go ahead, rate it. Do it. I'm giving it a flat seven. 
I feel like any more than that is just being mean, but anything higher than that is more is being mean, less work. is being mean, less is being mean, more is being, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a flat, it's a flat Sierra mist. It's just there. Okay. Like it's not your favorite soda. It's also flat. If it's given to you, just like, there's no other way. It's the flat Sierra mist of the MCU phase four. That's it. It's just, it's there. All right. Well, I'm going to give it, because I want to make sure I give it a lower rating than you. I'm going to give it a 6.5. To me, the how about big, we meet in the middle? <laughs> 6.75 is it? No, how about point. you give it? How about I give it a six and you give it a 6.5? No, how about what, I give it a 6.5 and you give it a six? Oh, you want to bring us all down? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm fine okay. with that. I, I'm giving it a 6.5 because it's <laughs> this flat. Is negotiation and and, uh, and and Mark has got to give it a flat six. So. Yeah, and like. There are things I like. I would have really liked this as a 90 minute movie, I think. You know, yeah. if it was just focused on the, the Sherry stuff and some of the Namor stuff. But I, I think I texted you like three quarters of the movie. I was like, I hate this movie because that's how I felt. <laughs> and like, now Mark's that we talk about it, I can, I can point out the things that like maybe I can just kind of put my attitude at the time aside. But mm-hmm. man, for like a three hour Saturday night date night movie with my wife, like she was not impressed. She was bored out of her mind. I was, even I was getting bored and couldn't like defend it anymore. And I was like, look, we're, we're just a half hour left. We're finishing this movie. Like, <laughs> and yeah, it just, it just, a movie like that, if you're going to be that fucking long, you got to be Avengers Endgame. You better be, you better be something special if you're going to be that long. And this was not something special. This is a movie that had good elements, a lot of elements it didn't need. Again, I see no reason for Riri Williams to exist in any format, uh, in, uh, in, in print, in uh, TV, in film. And unfortunately, she exists in all three. Um, next thing I know, there's going to be a Riri podcast. I, I don't know. I uh, see no reason for that. So simply because you bored me. I mean, the fact that it has a 6.5 is actually a, a stellar, uh, a stellar con, uh, not condemnation. Uh, it, it says a lot about the this movie. movie was already starting at a one. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it, it didn't fall down. It By being three up. hours, you're starting at like a three and you got to earn it back. So I'll say they did enough to, to climb their way up to no, a six. It's a six now for me. So I have to be lower than you. So it's because you give a, you give an extra 0.5 for liking Riri for some reason. Um, so yeah. So, but either way, 12.5, I don't know if that's even a Sunday, Sunday watch like Black Adam. Well, we, we rate Black Adam much higher. Black Adam's than, than, way higher. <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting because I, I, I can't i can't I, I even say like watching black adam again this weekend i can't even say that black adam has better acting in it necessarily although i really enjoyed i really liked pierce brosnan as a as kent nelson yeah. as dr fate i fucking loved him um i loved all the casting though in that in that film it was it was but did it have better writing like per se like in a technical sense could i say that there's like better acting performances than like Letitia wright than like angela bassett i can't really say that but i really enjoyed this watching it a meant, lot more this was meant to be a drama and black adam was a all-out action flick that yeah. the rock is known for that the rock is in and i mean two Henry different Cavill films that's why i almost feel kind of bad comparing them but they weren't they weren't meant to be the same and i think that's where that's where marvel can find success in the future is that marvel is good of genre films and you see this going back to what they did of captain america the winter soldier where when they stuck it in like the spy thriller drama it was good you can have your campy comedies like um you know thor ragnarok and stuff you could have your political thrillers like civil war and you can have them in very different genres and we've seen this with the mcu they've just gone overboard with it and i think that's where they've also kind of lost a lot of that shine. It just doesn't, it's not always going to pan out, but I mean, the rock didn't pretend to be that movie. I'm sorry. Black Adam didn't pretend to be that movie. Right. 
Well, yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't pretend. And that's what I liked about it. It didn't pretend to be anything but a dumb, like a dumb action movie. So when you go in with that and it it lives up to that, I, it was exactly what I thought it would be. Whereas Black Panther, I'm like, you're you're before the first thing I see is two hours and 42 minutes before I press that. I, I always see this. I always register the time of a movie before I click on it because I just I have to be I have to know what I'm getting in for. Can I am I going to get the piece soon? Should I just sit here for 90 minutes? Like, what is this? Um, so once I think once that was in my mind, I'm like. You better deliver a fucking masterpiece. And to me, it, it wasn't, it didn't justify that length. You got to really, it's longer than Eternals, Remzo. Pounding my camera, I'm so angry. It's longer than Eternals. Yeah, shouldn't which be. Which was criminal. And of course, it's better than Eternals. But my, on a per minute basis, Eternals is still the worst movie, I think, I think by far. Yeah, still dead last. All right, well, that does it uh, for this. Uh, well, one thing we got to touch on, which we'll kind of use to uh, to also shill for ourselves, is the next movie coming up in the MCU. It is uh, Ant-Man Quantumania. I already have tickets, Remzo. I'm seeing it the first weekend. I'm back. I'm actually excited about this movie. I really love, even though I don't know his name because I don't know any actor's names. Jonathan um, Majors. Jonathan Majors, yeah. Kang, I really liked his portrayal as He Who Remains version in Loki. Um, say what you will. I enjoy Paul Rudd well enough as Ant-Man. So I'm looking forward to the movie. I, I like quantum stuff. I like time stuff. I like all this stuff that is going to be involved in this one. And I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes in terms of setting up phase five and eventually Kang dynasty and secret wars. It seems like it really does all kind of start here for real. Um, instead of just the teases we've been getting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, we will be reviewing that movie, of course, at some point here in SBC pop and much like with this one, you will probably get it, uh, much sooner. If you are a patron, patreon.com slash second print pod for as little as five smackaroonies. You can hear shows like this early and often as well as bonus content. Um, but Remzo, when are you seeing that film? I'm seeing see it, it premiere night. So okay, I'm not seeing it premiere night, premiere, premiere night, but I am seeing it premiere weekend. I'll be seeing yeah, I'll, it. I'll be seeing so, it on um, Thursday. It comes out probably the week after that. We'll do a review uh, for the patrons. That'll eventually be a public pop episode. So uh, head over to Patreon. Remzo, what else are they going to get by being patrons of this program? There's We're scheduling back. our uh, monthly gym calls or monthly calls of fifteen dollars and up. Patrons gym stands for back. Journey into Mystery. Journey just, into you know, Mystery. It's not, it's not with Jim from Weird Science, unfortunately. That would be cool though. That would be, uh, we'll get I'm sending one. out books for twenty five dollars and up. Uh, epic crossover level patrons. I've got a copy of um, you know Captain America Volume 4 um, shrink wrapped in a hardcover. I've got Spider-Man Life Story I'm going to be sending out as well uh, which is a bigger one but you know for some of our people who've been with us for a long time I want to reward you for some bigger books and uh, yeah just so much more. So folks remember if there's one thing you can do it's as simple as ever and it comes to you in a nice PG-13 rated package. It's Regomics and change the world. Or watch long movies and change the world. Good night, America. Adios. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.